Alhamdulillah, I'm going to Said in Quran al-Karim, that Allah SWT has adorned and made beautiful for humanity, the love of desire from the women. Means that Allah SWT has placed inside the man the desire and love for women. Allah SWT has put desire and love for women in the hearts of men. Now there are many ways this can be taken. Normally we take this to be outside Sharia, talking about the negative time. But that's not just what is meant here. This is mutlaq, means Allah SWT is talking about generally within Sharia and outside Sharia. It is Allah SWT has put that love, hub, 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 which is love. Hub means al-muhabba, al-widad, hub means love and care. So obviously the great, what does love mean? So different ulama have different definitions of this. Love is when you completely unite with something and give it preference over your own self. This is one definition of love. So what does that mean if the husband and wife were to have this love with one another? They would be completely united with one another and they would prefer their spouse over their own self. (coughs) The greatest love obviously that a person can have is love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, Mulladina Amanu that those who have Iman are extremely intense and intensely extreme in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Second greatest love a person should have is their love for Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's why the Prophet said that none of you has perfected his Iman until I am more beloved to him than their own parents, their own children, and all of humanity. These are the two greatest loves. So what does it mean that first, I mean, this is entirely separate topics, but if your heart wants to have the pure love for women, which means your life, then your heart should already have in it the pure love for Allah and the pure love for Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam. That heart that has been purified of unlawful love that light and heart that has been adorned with the nur of love for Allah and love for the Prophet that heart will find it very easily to truly love their spouse. And that heart that is lacking or is absent in love for Allah and that heart that is lacking or absent in the love for Sayyidina Rasulullah that heart is going to find it difficult to have true love for one's spouse. So, the, of these loves, right, and there's obviously other loves just like this other love between husband and wife, there are other loves such as love between parents and children, right? And, but, children, what is the first example of love that children see? Because a child cannot perceive love for Allah and love for Sayyidina Rasulullah illa mashallah unless his parents are really, really oliyah. The first chance of love that they have to see is the love between the husband and the wife. This is why they say once the children were asked the question that what is love? So one child said that my father trims my grandmother's nails. Maybe this is love. Second child said my father loves to take my mother's name. Maybe this is love. Another child said that my mother makes coffee for my father. And she takes the first sip herself and then she gives it to him and they both look at each other and smile. Maybe that is love. <laughs> the children pick up on love. All of these answers are dealing with family. So the children pick up love. And what is, so then another child said that when my mother says to my father that his shirt looks nice, I notice that my father likes to wear that shirt more. Maybe that is love. One child says that I see in the dining table that my mom gives my dad the best piece of chicken first. Maybe that is love. Another child says that when my dad returns from work, he is smelly and full of sweat. 
but still my mother looks at him and says that you're very handsome, maybe that is love. One child says that when tucking me in at night, my mother kisses me a lot, maybe this is love. So the children learn love from the love that they see in the family. The children will learn love from the love they see in the family. What does that mean? That that home and that family that is absent of love, you're raising that child without exposure to love. That when that child grows old, how do you expect that child to know how to love? It means that when we don't have a good husband-wife relationship, we're doing zulm on our children also. We're doing zulm on innocent souls also. We're depriving them of the natural place where Allah Ta'ala had intended for them to learn love, which means to learn what love is by witnessing the love that their father and mother had for one another. That's what all of you know, and every sociologist, psychologist, counselor knows. What happens to children who come from broken homes, broken families, divorced parents? Hmm? Sometimes it's very difficult for them to love, very difficult for them to trust, because they haven't seen it. They haven't grown up with it. So they don't know it. They mistrust it. They don't, they're incapable of doing it. the child with the best answer which was the child who has decided to have had the best answer so when this child was asked that what is love he said there was an old man and woman old couple who lived across the street and then I, one day I started not seeing the old woman and then I went to the old man and I asked him that where is the old woman and the old man's eyes began to cry maybe this is means his wife had passed away. So this is such a special relationship that it can, it, when it's there, it cannot be hidden from the children. The children, all the evangelists is clear. The children can recognize true love. So Allah Ta'ala gave them that ability to recognize the love that existed in their family so that they would be raised in this recognition of love. So it's a great zulm, a great zulm, that if husband and wife don't work to have this loving relationship with one another. Imam al-Rabani, Shaykh Ahmed Sirhindi Majadul al-Fasani, Rimullah mentioned a strange thing. So we talked to you about the Asma'ul Husna, Sifat, Al-Rahman, Al-Rahim, right? He said that a woman is the ultimate manifestation of Allah Ta'ala's name, Ismail Zahir. Allah Ta'ala has this name, Huwa Zahiru Wal Batinu. He is Al Zahir and Al Batin. Now, what exactly does that mean? The real meaning of that, ultimately, Allah Ta'ala knows best. But Al Zahir, the word in Arabic means the manifest, the outward, the apparent. Al Batin means the inner, the interior, the hidden. So some ulama have said, Az-Zahir refers to those signs of Allah Ta'ala that you can see on earth, his manifestation through his creation, as he many times says in the Quran, there are ayat of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. And Al-Batin refers to that reality of Allah Ta'ala that he himself knows. Ultimately, he knows himself as only he can. That is Al-Batin. And so Shaykh Ahmed Sir Hindi said that from Az-Zahir, from Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala's manifestation of his signs in the creation of earth, the greatest manifestation of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a woman. And she is a manifestation of his ismi zahir because all of her beauty is also outward. That in terms of the outward form of creation, the most beauty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has poured into the outward form of any of his outward manifest zahir creation is in that of a woman. Now what I'm saying to you is a much more refined and religious analysis of something that many people in the world would already tell you, right? That there is no beauty like the beauty of a woman. But they're not able to see Allah Taala's hikmat and his wisdom and his power behind that. Now, just like Allah Ta'ala is al-zahir and al-batin, 
just like he is manifest but also concealed. So what did Allah Ta'ala do with the woman? So he declared and decreed that this ultimate beauty, the greatest beauty that he has created on earth, that should be at times revealed and at times concealed. Just like his own ultimate beauty is also al-zahir and al-batan. There's an aspect of it that is revealed and an aspect that is concealed. So the woman's beauty should also at times be revealed. That is in front of her husband, right? And at other times be concealed. That is in front of all the non-mahram men. Ajeeb. Allah Akbar. Right? This is the way of understanding. So this should be another way that a woman can realize how she has to cover herself and with what feeling she should have haya, and with what feeling she should feel that I am the mother of the ismi zahir al-Ullah How can I just show that to anyone? Oh, Fatima. New way for a woman to think. Huh? I am the mother of the ismi zahir al-Ullah How can I just show that beauty to anyone? These are mashayikh the way they explain things in this world. Hmm? So this is what Allah SWT said in Quran that He has placed love for the beauty of woman. He has placed that inside the hearts of the men. There even the love stories of love if you were to mention with uh, So much love that the husband and wife have for one another. So we'll give you one example, right? And this example, there are many, many lessons. I will not highlight the lessons for you. I will just mention the example and hope that you will be able to highlight the lessons yourself. There was a Sahabiya, her name was Umm Sulaim, and there was a Sahabi, his name was Sayyidina Abu Talha, he was a tradesman and at one point he had to go on a caravan for trade to a distant land and he, his wife, she was expecting and he could tell that she is so near to delivery that by the time I come back she will already have delivered but there's no choice, I have to go for this trade caravan. So he left and sure enough, when he, while he was away, his wife gave birth to a baby, beautiful baby boy but that baby boy passed away before the father returned. In fact, sorry, the baby boy passed away the very day, a few hours before the father returned. Now, when the father came back, so the wife thought that my husband will be coming home after such a long period of time. And he's probably been so happy and thinking all the time on his journey home that I'm coming back home to my wife and there will be a new baby, right? And so she said, I don't want to hurt him. He will be so devastated. Instead of being happy, he will be in such an immense grief. So she took her dead baby boy and she wrapped him in a cloth and laid him on the bed as if he was sleeping. Then she got adorned her beauty. This one says, she adorned her beauty for the coming of her husband. So when Sayyidina Abu Talal returned, so he came back at night and he asked her, that what happened? What's the news? And she said, that, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala blessed us with a son. So he said, where is he? And she said, now she used words that can have multiple meanings, she said, he's over there in peace. So he assumed that, okay, he's lying over there, and he's resting. So she used a word like that. So the husband, Sayyidina Abu Talmud, thought that, okay, it's late night, the child is sleeping, why disturb the child? Then he spent time with his wife after being away for a long period of time. Now imagine that woman, who she is being intimate with her husband when her dead baby boy is just lying a few feet away. You can imagine the grief on the mother that her baby boy has just died. And still, however, she is being intimate and generous and kind and loving to her husband. This is what we said in Mujahada. It's not about always our own mood, our own temperament, our own inclination, our own feeling. Mujahada. Sayyidina Rasulullah said, Al-Mujahidu Manjahada Nafsa. This is one meaning that the Mujahid is the person who strives against their nafs. Obviously, it would have been an emotionally difficult thing for her because she's in a state of extreme emotional grief. Her baby boy just died. And on top of that, the same day he died, the husband came back. So she's also sad. It's a tremendous tragedy for her. But she and her husband were loving with one another all the night and then in the morning, right? 
Uh, and this is true love in the morning, then she herself asked her husband, she asked him a question. That, oh Abu Talla, that if Allah Ta'ala gives an amanat to someone, should that person return that amanat? And he said, yes. And should that person return, return that amanat with joy or with grief? He said, you should return it with joy. So then she told them, Allah Ta'ala gave us an amanat of a baby boy. And now he has taken it back. Go and bury your baby boy in the grave and return him with joy. What a woman. These are called Sahabiyat. These are called Sadiqat. These are called Tayyibat. These are model women. What a woman, what a mother, what a wife, what a person. Allahu Akbar Radiallahu Ta'ala Anha. Only Allah Ta'ala can give reward to a woman like that. Now, he, obviously then, he was sad, right? So what happened? He went and he went to Sayyidina Rasulullah They had somebody to go to when they were sad. You should also have somebody in your life to go to when you were sad. So he went to Sayyidina Rasulullah And he told the vehicles of everything that happened and everything that the wife did and didn't do and the way she told him. He gave so many du'as. Allah Akbar. Hmm? That woman, she got the du'as of the greatest. Du'as of Sayyidina Rasulullah He gave so many du'as that after they had so much barakah, they had nine sons. And each and every one of those nine sons became a great imam who taught deen to the tabain. Nine a'imma. Allah Akbar Kabeerah. Subhanallah. All of this happened when? Due to the sabr of a woman. And there were many aspects of her sabr in that story. Many things to reflect upon in that story. So this is also the love. The love the husband has for the wife. The love that the wife has for her husband. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Quran al-Kameem He taught us something in Quran that this love between husband and wife is not in just in this world this love between husband and wife is eternal this love between husband and wife is eternal Allah subhanahu says in Quran Udkhulu jannata antum wa azwajukum tuhbaroon You should go into jannah you and your wives, you should enter into Jannah. So what does this mean that the ulama have written here? That some person may even go into Jannah due to the barakah of their spouse. Some man will go into Jannah due to the barakah of his wife. Some woman may go into Jannah due to the barakah of her husband. This is a special relationship. All the more reason that each and every one of us on ourselves and we should make ourselves closer to Allah SWT. And we should make our marital life closer and be in love and fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now what we want to do is the last thing we will do for in this workshop. There's no more tips, no more strategies. The spiritual aspect of marriage from Quran al Kareem. And the Sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa And what is that? That Sayyidina Rasulullah Allah SWT has highlighted a very important thing to us. So this will be the last presentation and then in the end we will make dua inshallah ta'ala. Now I'll begin the last session. The last session I'm actually going to look at the khutbatun nikah that Sayyidina Rasulullah used to always read as part of his sunnah which consists of three ayat of Qur'an. So what is in that khutbah and what are those three ayat of Qur'an? So we understand what exactly Allah SWT in the Quran has said and why Nabi Akim picked these three ayat and what is the master feelings that we need to become properly, happily, truly married. <laughs> 
you would have noticed when you heard this tanawa that all of the three sections of Quran that Sayyidina Rasulullah used to recite in the khutbah of nikah all of them talk about taqwa all of them talk about taqwa all of them talk about fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taqwa literally means to abstain from sin abstain from sin due to which emotion? because you fear Allah Ta'ala the way He should be feared because you love Allah Ta'ala the way He should be loved because you know Allah Ta'ala the way He should be known because you're aware and conscious of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala and the way that you should be aware so Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala in Quran is mentioned in so many ayat taqwa and Sayyidina selected these three ayat for the khutbah al nikah means that one of the things that we need to become a better husband and wife is to have more fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's something I mentioned briefly yesterday, to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with regards to one another. So this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the first ayah, Ya Yuhannas, O humanity, O people, Ittakudabbakum, you should have fear. Fear your Rabb. Who is that Rabb? The one who created you from a single self, means in Adam al-Islam. And then he created from that single self its mate, means Sayyidina Hawa anha. So what is talking about? Zawj. zawjaha. So this is the concept of spouse, the concept of mate, the concept of pair. You should fear that Allah SWT who has made you as husband and wife, who made humanity such that they are paired as husband and wife. And Allah then propagated from the twain, from the two of them, many successive men and women, means the human race. Then Allah Ta'ala said, again, وَتَّقُلَّهُ That you should fear Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. Which Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala? أَلَّذِي تَسَاءَلُونَ بِهِ It means that Allah Ta'ala that you ask one another bihi in the name of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. That Allah Ta'ala through whom and by whom you ask one another. So this is what happens in nikah. That we take the name of Allah in that nikah and then we become husband and wife. So then later on, whenever we ask, husband asks the wife for something, wife asks the husband for something, it means they're asking one another in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, through the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, fear that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Feel that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> then the second verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanatakullah haqqa tukati. That all you who believe you should fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In another ayah Allah ta'ala said you should have taqwa mastata'atum as much as you are able. Here Allah ta'ala said something altogether different. Have taqwa. How much taqwa? Haqqa tuqatihi. Fear Allah ta'ala as he deserves to be feared. Ya Allah. <laughs> commanding us to do taqwa was hard enough. You are commanding us to do the haqq of taqwa. Haqqa tuqatihi. Can you imagine what level of taqwa Allah Ta'ala is calling us to in Qur'an? What level of taqwa is the haqq of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala? And Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi is mentioning this in Khutbatun Nikah. So how much we should fear Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala with regard to our wife? How much we should fear Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala with regard to the husband? We should fear Allah Ta'ala with regard to our spouse, haqqa tukati, as it befits Allah Ta'ala, as it is Allah Ta'ala's right over us to be feared. Imagine how delicate this relationship is, how precious and priceless this relationship is, how careful and conscious we should be. 
And if you don't, وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ It literally means, and don't die, إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ Except that you're in the state of Islam. What does it mean? That if you don't have taqwa, you don't fear Allah Ta'ala, and if you put it in the context of khutbah and nikah, you don't fear Allah Ta'ala with regard to your husband and wife, with regard to your spouse, you're in danger of dying outside of Islam. Your very iman in Islam is in danger. Your very deen, Islam is our deen. Your deen is dependent on this. How much more when Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam must have revealed to him to use this ayat and khutbah and nikah because he was a Nabi. He never did anything of his own analysis himself. Allah Subhanahu wants these verses to be recited every time nikah takes place. Allahu Akbar Kameera. This is the azmat of Allah Subhanahu The kibriyai, the jalal of Allah Subhanahu Then next verse. Next verse is third verse that is recited in the khutbah and nikah. Same thing, Ya ayyuhalladheena aminattakullah That, O you have iman, you must have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Wakulu kawlan sadeeda That you must always speak truthful speech Why? This call between husband and wife What will the husband speak to the wife? What will the wife speak to the husband? Hmm? Allah ta'ala is saying you must always speak true, straight, proper, correct Speech. Sayyidina Rasulullah being told by Allah Ta'ala, mention this. Ya Allah, husband asked, Ya Allah, if I fear you, and out of fear for you, I speak truly and properly. Wife asked, Ya Allah, if I fear you, and out of fear for you, I always speak truly and properly. Yuslihnukum a'malukum. Yuslihnukum a'malukum wa yafillukum dhunubakum. Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an that He will take care of all of your deeds. He will do islah of your a'mal. Other people have to do a'mal salih. Here Allah Ta'ala will make your a'mal salih. Yes. Yuslih lakum a'malakum. Allah Ta'ala will make your a'mal salih. وَيَغْفِرْ lakum ذُنُوبَكُمْ And Allah Ta'ala will forgive you for all of your sins. Allah Ta'ala this is the power of nikah. So being happily married isn't just to be happy on earth, to be properly, Islamically, happily married. Allah Ta'ala is saying, I will do islah of your amal and it will be a means of your maghfirah. How will you be happily married? And whosoever obeys Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all those things we did, sukoon, mawadda, rahmah, the maruf, all of that. All of the things that we did. Rasulahu sallallahu alayhi wa and obeys the Prophet and follows the sunnah. All of the things that we did. فَقَدْ فَازَ فَوْزًا أَذِيمًا This person would have reached a triumph and a success and a joy, and a bliss, azim success. Who is saying this? Allahul azim is saying it in Quran al azim. What does a person get from nikah? From being properly husband and wife? They get foes and azim. Tremendous foes. Magnificent foes. Magnificent success and joy. They will get Jannatul Firdaus. Mufassirun say that Fawzun Azima could be nothing less than Jannatul Firdaus. Being the right husband and right wife is nothing less than a ticket to Jannatul Firdaus. So what was the master attribute in the entire Khutbah Nikah? Taqwa, Taqwa, Taqwa. Taqwa means to have fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now I will mention few more pointers to you. How to get that fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala says in Qur'an al-Kareem, أَلَمْ يَعْنِ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَن تَقْشَأَ قُلُوبُهُمْ لِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَمَا نَزَلَ مِنَ الْحَقِّ Has not the time come for the believers that their hearts, قُلُوب Heart is their spiritual heart, heart of their ruh, that their spiritual heart should have fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
whenever they do the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, whenever Allah Ta'ala is mentioned or remembered, and وَمَا نَزَلَ مِنَ الْحَقِّ means Qur'an, with what has been revealed with truth. So how to get fear in your heart when the Qur'an is recited, or you recite it, or when you make zikr of Allah Ta'ala, or Allah Ta'ala's zikr, tazkirah is done in front of you, then you will feel the fear in your heart. And if we reach the state that these things happen, that we don't feel the fear, we should think about ourselves. This eye applies to us. This eye applies to us. So we have to feel the fear for Allah SWT. Second thing you should know, that fear of Allah Ta'ala is the only emotion that will keep you away from sin. Love for Allah Ta'ala cannot save you from sin. Only fear of Allah Subhanahu can save a person for sin. They lead us in Quran. That they will stop their nafs from the unlawful desire. Who can do that? What is the feeling of that person? That person was khawf. That person who is afraid of that day and that time and that place that they will stand in front of their rub. That person who has fear, they will be able to stop their nafs from sin. That wife who has fear of Allah, she will be able to be a good wife. That husband who has fear of Allah, Allah he will be able to be a good husband. Then in another ayah Allah said, Ajeeb, Man rahman bil Many people think that Allah tells Ar-Rahman, He is merciful, so I shouldn't fear Him. Allah tells very clear in Quran. Man Rahman. That person who fears Ar-Rahman means that person who fears Allah Ar-Rahman, the all-merciful Allah, when Bilghay, when nobody else is around. What does it mean? Only that husband who has Man Rahman bil will not betray his wife when his wife is not around. Only that wife who has man rahman bil will not betray her husband when her husband is not around. man rahman bil Fearing all merciful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the unseen. So we have to have this fear, this khashiyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is supposed to be even inside our salah. Allah says Inside salah fear. We think that, okay, I'll fear Allah if I'm inside sin. Allah in Quran, no. Yes, you will fear me inside sin. Even when you're inside salah, you're going to fear me. Inside salah, you will also fear me. Ya Allah, I'm obeying Fear me. Ya Allah, I'm worshipping. Fear me. الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ Can you imagine that Allah Ta'ala who demands that we fear Him inside Salah? Can you imagine how much that Allah Ta'ala would demand that we fear Him outside Salah? Allahu Akbar Kabira. That's why so many times in Quran over and over again اِتَّقُوا اللَّهِ اِتَّقُوا اللَّهِ Mu'min husband and mu'min wife means khashi' husband and khashi' wife. God fearing, Allah fearing husband and Allah fearing wife. That is the Islamic husband and wife. The fear of Allah SWT is also born out and is part and parcel of the love for Allah SWT. Ulama have explained this. That the fear, khashiyah, specifically refers to that fear that is born out of love. What does it mean? That when we say we fear Allah Ta'ala, does it mean we're afraid of Allah Ta'ala the way we're afraid of a snake or a scorpion or something dangerous or harmful? That's not what it means. Allah Ta'ala is not dangerous and harmful. It's khashiyah is a fear born out of love. What does that mean? Every lover and every husband and wife, true husband and wife would know this. Every lover fears disappointing their beloved. Every lover's greatest fear is they won't be loved back by their beloved. Greatest fear of any lover is the one I love will not love me back. So this is the greatest fear of a mu'min. Why? Because that they have extreme love for Allah 
But because of their extreme love for Allah, they have one extreme fear that what if my mahabub, my beloved Allah doesn't love me back? What if he's not happy with me? What if he's not pleased with me? What if he doesn't accept me? This fear, one sign that we have this fear is that we should have crying over our fear. Crying over our fear. Let me tell you that there's six types of crying that our ulama has mentioned that are accepted by Allah subhanahu wa Six tears that are valued by Allah subhanahu wa The first tear is the tear that a person sheds in musibah. A person is in dire difficulty, hard times. And they're, because of the toughness of their time, they're moved to tears. This is real tears. These are the tears of the people of Sham. These are the tears of the Muslimin. These are the tears of the Muta'asbirin. These are the tears of the Masakin. These are the tears of the Yadin. In the real musibah, Allah subhanahu wa honors the tears that they shed. Second tear is that when somebody is separated from someone who they love for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa the tear they shed at that moment is honored by Allah subhanahu wa Greatest example in Quran, Sayyidina Yaqub alayhi salam, when he was separated from Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam, and he shed tears and he made dua to Allah subhanahu wa Allah ta'ala accepted and heard and granted, eventually fulfilled his dua. Tears of separation. Third is the tear of shed in tilawa, when a person is recita- reciting Quran or listening even to recitation of Quran, if they shed a tear because they are moved by that recitation, that tear is also valued by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fourth tear is the tear that a person sheds in the yearning and love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like the tear a person sheds when they wish they could go on hajj. Like the tear the person says when they look at the Kaaba for the first time. Hmm? Their yearning and love for Allah subhanahu wa That tear is also honored by Allah. Fifth type of tear is the tear of shukr. That when a person is given something by Allah subhanahu wa and they're so appreciative, so grateful, so happy to Allah subhanahu wa that actually tears of joy and gratitude come to their eyes out of shukr of Allah subhanahu wa Allah ta'ala honors those tears in the day of judgment. And the sixth type of tear is the tear of fear. The tear of khawf and hashiyya. The tear that we shed out of the fear of Allah subhanahu wa Ajeeb hadith saying that Rasulullah said that a person will come to Allah ta'ala on the day of judgment and his hisab will be taken and his book of deeds will be opened and all of the deeds will be placed on the scale and all of the good deeds will be placed on one side. All of them, the bad deeds will be placed on the other side. And then the scale will start going lower and lower and lower. Such that his book of deeds is finished and the scale on the left side, his bad deeds are heavier than the good deeds. At that moment that person will lose all hope whatsoever. The hisab is done. His book of deeds are done. Then Allah subhanahu wa ordered the angels to put one more thing on the scale of the good. And there are many hadiths like this. Allah Ta'ala ordered the angels to put one more piece slip of paper on the side of the good deeds and that will weigh the scales heavily in the good deeds. What is written on that piece of paper? What amal is there? That tear drop that formed once in his eye when he was afraid of Allah Ta'ala when reflecting over his sins. It didn't even come out from his eye. The word of the Hadith that it was such a small drop that formed it only moistened one eyelash. Allahu Akbar That teardrop that formed in his eye that moistened one single eyelash is so honored by Allah because he formed that tear out of the khashiyah and khawf of Allah. Ittaqullah, ittaqullah, cry in taqwa, cry in khashiyah, cry in khawf. So there are different levels of khashiyah. This will be the last thing we tell you. These four levels of fear of Allah Four levels of fear. Let me give you some hope first. Dua of Sayyidina Rasulullah And all of us should learn. Allahumma inni as'aluka min khashyatika 
means, O Allah, I ask from you such a fear of you that will come between me and my sinning against you. Bring such a fear to me that it will be a barrier between me and sin. That's why we want to fear Allah SWT. Grant me such a fear that it will be a barrier between me and sin. Allahumma inni as'aluka min khashyatika ma tahunu bihi baini wa baina ma siyati. Allahumma inni as'aluka min khashyatika ma tahunu bihi baini wa baina ma siyati. This is a dua that we can make. To beg Allah Ta'ala to increase us in our fear of Him. So there are four types of fear. First is the fear of the awamun nas. Fear of the ordinary alladhina amanu. What is that fear? That is the fear of the punishment of Allah Ta'ala. That is the fear of the wrath and anger of Allah Ta'ala. That is the fear of the punishment of the fire of Jahannam due to our sins. That is the first level of fear that all believers have. All believers have that, but some only have that. That's what it means at the first level. Everyone will have that fear, but some people have only this level of fear. Then there's a second level of fear that the ulama said this is the khashiyah of the salihin. First was the khashiyah of the alladhina amanu, ordinary mu'mineen. Second is the khashiyah of the salihin, which means in addition to fearing Allah's wrath, anger and punishment, and fearing the fire of Jahannam, they have another level of fear, and their fear is that we haven't done enough. They're salihin, they're the people of Amal Salih. But their fear is, what if I haven't done enough? I haven't done enough for Allah SWT. I don't have enough good deeds. Yes, I am doing good. I'm doing Amal Salih. But I haven't done enough. What if I fall short on the Day of Judgment? Hmm? You know, like you're at the checkout counter and you've got a lot of stuff and you're worried you don't have enough money in the good old days of cash. What if I fall short? But this person is afraid. What if I fall short? Third level is the fear of the Siddiqeen. Fear of the Siddiqeen. What is their fear? They have both two fears. They fear the punishment and wrath and anger of Allah subhanahu wa Fear the fire of Jahannam. They also fear that we haven't done enough amal in our life. Plus they have an additional fear that what if my amal that I have done, they're not worthy of being accepted by Allah Taala. What if they're not makbool in the love? What if Allah Taala does not accept those things? This is the fear of the Siddiqeen. And the fourth level and the highest level is the fear of the Nabiyyin alayhi salam ajma'een. The fear of the Nabiyyin. Greater level than Mu'mineen, Salihin, Siddiqeen, highest level Nabiyyin. Yes. All of the Anbiya were afraid of Allah SWT. Whether it's Sayyidina Yunus salam, whether it's Sayyidina Isa salam, whether it is Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi salam. In fact, who is Sayyidina Rasulullah sallam? If you were to combine all the love that all of the Anbiya, all of the Awliya, all of the Siddiqeen ever had in the history of humanity on one side, and put Sayyidina Rasulullah's love for Allah Ta'ala on the other side, Sayyidina Rasulullah's love Allah Ta'ala more. But at the same time, if you were to add up all the fear of Allah Ta'ala, of all of the Nabiyeen, Siddiqeen, Awliya, Salihin on one side, and put the single fear of Allah Ta'ala of Sayyidina Rasulullah, he saw some on the other side, Sayyidina Rasulullah should have feared Allah Ta'ala more. Oh, most lover and most fearful. So what is the fear of the Nabiyyin? The fear of the Nabiyyin is what in Urdu we say, the binyazi of Allah Ta'ala. In Arabic, the istighna of Allah Ta'ala. What does it mean? In English it means that what if Allah Ta'ala simply says, I don't need you. I don't want you. What if Allah Ta'ala says on the Day of Judgment, you did everything. You brought your Imam. You brought Amal. You have enough Amal al-Saleh. I accepted your Amal al-Saleh. But I don't want you. Not that this will happen. The Nabi knew that obviously they're going to go to Jannah. Their ill was like that. 
their ilm and that ilm was ilm of yaqeen that all anbiya go to jannah but still they feared Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is a feeling of the soul of the heart and sometimes an emotion is so strong in the kalb it supersedes the ilm and knowledge that someone has they were afraid that what if Allah subhanahu wa doesn't want me this is the fear of the nabiyin and the most common muttabeen of the anbiya what does it mean? so I give you an example you go to a fruit seller in our part of the world and you went just to buy bananas and he says why don't you try some apples so I don't want it he says no look they're so nice you say I don't want it he cuts the apple and gives you a piece to taste I don't want it what does it mean? that that apple has every feature in it it has all of the kamalat in it but you don't want it so you don't take it it's your ikhtiyar, your mustani Example our Mashayim give for the women is that imagine there's a woman who's a newlywed bride. It's her wedding day. And what happens on wedding night? All of her friends are adorning her with the best clothing and the best makeup and in the Islamically permissible way. Right? And then they all start praising her and say, oh you look so beautiful, you look so wonderful, you look this, you look that. And then imagine that the bride starts crying. And then everybody asks her, that, why are you crying? We're telling you looking so beautiful and so nice. And she says that you are telling me all of this. But what if when I go to my husband, my husband doesn't like me? What if my husband doesn't want me? What if the place I'm going to next? Where will I go if he does not accept me? This was the fear of the Kamaleen, Muttabeen and the fear of the Nabiyeen. This is the fear of the istighna of Allah So we should become people who fear Allah. We should become people of taqwa. The first step in the journey to taqwa is tawbah. You will not be able to land instantly on taqwa. There's a process, a journey. The first step, the way we launch ourselves into taqwa, that is called tawbah. So on this end of the course we should all make true tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those of us who are married, we should make tawbah for all the sins we ever did as a husband. Those of us who are married, we should make tawbah for all of the sins that we ever did as a wife. Those of us who are unmarried, we should make sin of all of the tawbah of all of the sins that we ever did as a son, for all of the tawbah of all of the sins that we ever did as a daughter. We should make true tawbah. We should make tawbah together. Allah SWT said in Quran al-Kareem, Tubu illallahi jami'a. That you should make tawbah to Allah SWT all together. Ya ayyuhatubu illallahi jami'a. Ayyuhal mu'minun. O believers, la'allukum tuflihun. So that you may get falah. So that you may succeed. So that you may get joy. So what we want is before we end, that we should all make tawbah to Allah subhanahu together and make dua maghfirah to Allah subhanahu together. And then after you make this first step on this journey to taqwa, make true tawbah in our heart, but then a person has to keep traveling. You have to keep moving. You keep having to take steps. So this is in our deen, this is called tazkiyah. First step on the way to taqwa is called tawbah. The name of the rest of the entire path that leads to taqwa is called tazkiyah. So a person must keep taking steps on that path of tazkiyah. I'll mention to you some steps. And anybody who wants to know more about these steps or wants to be trained and tutored in the path of tazkiyah, they can make that intention also. And they can be in touch with us in our academies and our shuyukhs and teachers who teach this. And you can learn about tazkiyah. Five steps of tazkiyah I will mention to you. Number one is daily recitation of Qur'an. Every day you should recite Qur'an al-Kareem in the Arabic original Kalam Allah. If you can recite one juz, wonderful. Otherwise recite half a juz. If half a juz is too much, recite whatever you were able to on that day. But make sure you recite it every day, even if it's just one ayah. Second step on tazkiyah is you should make istighfar every day. Sunnah Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam is that he made istighfar 100 times a day. Astaghfirullah wa rabbi min kulli zanbi wa atubu ilayh. I seek the forgiveness of Allah, rabbi, my rabbi, min kulli zanbi from all sins. 
and I turn in Toba to him. So hundred times a day renewing, repeating that Toba. Third step on Tazkiyah is to recite Durood and Salawat and Sayyidina Rasulullah this is command by Allah in Quran. So we should send salawat and say Narasulullah hundred times a day. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallam. Three things. Fourth thing is to remember Allah You can only fear Allah when you remember Him. And if you're not remembering, you will not be able to fear Him. That's what Allah said in Quran. Ya ayyuhullazina amanuskurullaha zikran kathira. So this zikri kathir, how to get this zikri kathir? Two steps to do that. First step is that whenever you are not doing ibadah, because one is 100% zikr, when you are not doing ibadah, means when you are in the shop, you are in the mall, you are at work, you are in the business, you are in the shop, you are in the university, you are in the clinic, you are in the tube, you are on the bus, you are with family, you are with friends, Anytime you are not doing ibadah, to still try to remember Allah Subhanahu Simply speaking, in your mind to keep thinking thoughts, keep reminding yourself to think thoughts about Allah Subhanahu and keep reminding your heart to feel feelings for Allah Subhanahu and do this reminding thousands of times a day. Until you reach that verse in Quran, رِجَالٌ لَا تُرْهِيهِمْ تِجَارَةٌ وَلَا بَيْءٌ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ that there are such people that trade and commerce, sale and trade cannot distract them at all from the remembrance of Allah Subhanahu wa So we have to keep reminding, keep reminding, keep reminding ourselves to remember Allah. And the fifth and final step in tazkiyah, that all of these are daily practices, the fifth and final daily practice in tazkiyah that we're going to share with you today for many, many things is called zikr of Allah Ta'ala inside yourself. What does this mean? Heartfelt remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa What does this mean? Such heartfelt remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa such that you remember Him so much that you forget everything else. Yes? Allah Ta'ala said this in Quran. وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ فِي And remember your Rabb inside yourself, in your button. So this is different from tongue. Many dhikr is thought of tongue. This is a different type of dhikr. Remember your rub inside yourself in your button. So an with all humility. Khifatan, silently, secretly. So this is your own silent, secret, humble, internal remembrance of Allah subhanahu Then another verse Allah subhanahu wa said, Wadkur ismarabbik, and make zikr of the name of your rub. The name of our rub is Allah. So we will make zikr of the name Allah inside our batin, means in our soul, in our spiritual heart, silently, secretly. Such that you forget you, everything else and you remember only Him. That's what it means to Allah. Remember Allah's name in such a way that you forget everything else and you remember only Him. So the first step is Tawbah, then the path is called Tazkiyah, and the end of the destination is called Taqwa. Everything is done for the sake of Taqwa. Inna akramakum indullahi adqaqam. So first we will make Tawbah. So I will recite some words of Tawbah. One method that the Mashaikh have said to do Tawbah is saying that Rasulullah has mentioned hadith, Jadidu imanakum. You should renew your iman. So once again we will pledge our iman to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then we will recite some words of istighfar. And then we will end with a short zikr and du'a. So everyone should make niyyah, intention of tawbah in your heart. Make intention in Ya Allah, making tawbah for all of my previous sins. Especially the sins I did as a husband, the sins that I did as a wife. All the sunnahs that I left, all the verses of Quran that I failed to follow or that I failed to feel. And Ya Allah, today I'm making true tawbah to you. I turn myself to you. I pledge my heart to you. And in the future I want to live a life that is pleasing to you. That is following the sunnah of your beloved messenger, Sallallahu Sallam. And I want to live a life focusing on my own islah and tazkiyah. So keep this near in your heart and repeat these words. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim.
we will soften our hearts towards one another, incline our hearts towards one another. Ya Rabbi Kareem, protect us from the hasid of the hasideen, the shar of the asrar, protect us from the evil third party, protect us from shaitan and his minions who are trying to come between husband and wife. Ya Allah, make us mudboot and strong on our deen. Grant us the true taqwa, Ya Allah. Grant us true khashia and khawf, Ya Allah. Let us do amal on all of these ayat Quran. Let us feel the feelings of Quran. Ya Rabbi Kareem, accept these du'as. Ya Rabbi Kareem, anyone who came here with any worry, any difficulty, you are the knower of the hearts. You are the knower of the breasts. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah, remove their worries, ease their difficulties, put the noor of your hidayah in their heart, put the noor of your hidayah in their spouse's heart. Ya Allah, join them once again. Ya Allah, unite them once again. Ya Rabbi Kareem, and those of us who are only lazy, have only just our laziness and negligence and ghaflat to blame. Ya Allah, let us be more dynamic, more active. Take us out from the ghafileen. Make us amongst the zakireen. And Ya Allah, accept the tawbah that we made on this day. Accept our pledge that we made to you, and that we want to be true to you, loyal to you, loving to you, and then make us amongst the muttaqeen, and then make us amongst the muttaqeen, how many years will pass you hear this word taqwa, when will it become the feeling in our heart, and then make us amongst the muttaqeen, grant us the true taqwa, ya Allah, the real taqwa, ya Allah, the lasting taqwa, ya Allah, the unfading taqwa, ya Allah, your Rabbi Kareem, drown us in taqwa, adorn us in libas taqwa, Ya Allah, drown us in sibgutullah, Ya Allah, Ya Kareem, make us extreme in our love for you, and extreme in our love for Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Allah, any of those present, or those listening, now or later, any sincere and lawful desire and wish they hold in their heart, Ya Allah, you are the grantor of the wishes, you are the fulfiller of the prayers, Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant and fulfill all of our prayers and wishes, Ya Allah, each and every one came only and only seeking you, hoping that we would learn something that would bring us closer to you. Ya Allah, Bikrim, be true to our intention. Ya Allah, draw us close to you. Draw us near to you. Never let us be far from you. Keep us always in your hidayah, always in ilm of deen. Take us out from our jihala. Take us out from dalala. And if ever we want to sin, remind us, Ya Allah. Catch us, Ya Allah. Prevent us, Ya Allah. Never let us fall into sin again. Ya Allah, we want to be amongst your true tawabeen, amongst your true muttaqeen. Accept us to be amongst your muhibbeen and your mahbubeen. Ya Allah, Ya Arhamar Rahimeen. ربنا تكمل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على حبيبه سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين